Welcome back, Red Spotters. Another show of the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis Soto, joined by the Morenos, Alexis Moreno and David Francisco. And today they have joined me and they are going to properly give their thoughts on the Multiverse of Madness. That is, of course, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This is a follow-up to our podcast from last week where I was with both Peter Martinez and Kyle Lira where they, of course, gave their thoughts. And and uh, there have been trailers and news of other properties and franchises that, of course, have gotten our attention. And, you know, <laughs> you show up for all that here and more uh, on Red Spotlight number 393. Okay. So, first of all, before we get into anything, I, I have an... I've not been on a podcast uh, with Alexis in a while where we discussed anything like Disney Parks related, so I'm going to start off here, and since Fantasy Fair is on hiatus for the time being, which (laughs) before we get to that, I want to remind everybody listening, of course, that Turn to Page, the podcast with Alexis Moreno, Kyle Lyric, David Francisco, and Peter Martinez is currently ongoing. I believe they have just finished. This is the podcast where they've basically a book club podcast where they get into the Harry Potter book series. They, They are all... Uh, fans of not just the films and the books and they're rereading the series and I believe they've just uh, finished the first chapter no the first book <laughs> <laughs> no they've done the first chapter well they they've they finished the first book the philosopher's stone I have to say it otherwise Kyle would massacre me um And then, of course, they just uh, uploaded their audio commentary for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, to which I listened to a good uh, bit of, and it was hilarious, uh, to say (laughs) the least. I I really liked it. It was was a lot of fun. I was enjoying it as well, and I'm happy to hear that the podcast is, it's going. what can you guys first of all how do you how have you thought the podcast has gone and what uh what's coming next uh well we're starting the second book tomorrow hopefully it's out by friday mm-hmm. <laughs> this friday um but i like it i feel like we kind of in the first episode we i said that we all read it at different times in our lives and i feel like going back at this time when we're like about to be 30 and so much has happened with the series itself and stuff like it's a it's a lot of fun and it's very interesting to go back and see things that we didn't realize or see when we were younger you know it's amazing at the same time that this is a an interesting time that you have uh all decided to go back into this franchise and it's such a big deal for you guys now because it's like so present. But I think it's just – it's kind of a stark contrast when you think about the fact that there was a Wizarding World movie that came out in theaters and it was such a non-event. I mean – Literally, just- I forgot. I forgot that it came out. I <laughs> wanted to go to the movies this weekend and I was like, oh my god, that movie is out already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been – yeah, it was out, and uh, literally, it didn't do that great. Um, in particular, here in the United States, and this is kind of embarrassing. Um, literally, this is a Harry Potter like franchise film. Uh, it's not going across a hundred million dollars at the domestic box office. I honestly know one person that's seen that movie. Wow! And that's it. 
Like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> so I, I guess like, um, ultimately, what killed it? Like the last movie, or just, or just the last movie that just killed any interest in this franchise? Even though, from what re- reviews I say, I think it's, I think it's the last movie. I think yeah. it's the she who must not be named. Uh, <laughs> I think it's. It's a lot. I mean, Ezra Miller also like it's. It's a lot of things. There's going also against, a Johnny Depp element. Where de- defenders Depp. of him would also be against the film because he was fired <laughs> off this movie. Um. So that's a whole thing. And I don't. I don't know. I we at this podcast have never really like. I've had no desire in all of these years, and honestly, it's felt like. It's felt like eons now, not not decades, not centuries, not a millennia. It's felt like eons now that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard have been like fighting with each other in the public. But it's never been as public as it is now. And everyone's talking about this, the trial that is on the defamation trial uh, where like I believe Johnny Depp is suing her for like $50 million and then she's countersuing him for double that. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, – it's, it's a whole thing that's happening and uh, you – I'm not, like, obsessed with it, but I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter, and I see the clips that happen. And I see – even when you don't want to be up to date, you're up to date with what's happening in this trial. And we've never really, I feel, have gone into any of that, especially at first because when this story first happened, we did cover the whole Me Too explosion as it it was happening in real time. And – it was hard enough to deal with, like, for me, it was Kevin Spacey. For you, Alexis, it was, it was, um, John Lasseter. There were a lot of people that we liked in this industry that just, like, fell from grace and deservedly so because they were not great people, obviously. And they were since, like, you know, dispensed with. And one of the ones that kind of got, like, lost in there because, well, first of all, this wasn't sexual harassment. This wasn't sexual assault. This was the area of domestic abuse, which is not, like, it's very serious, but it's not in the same, I guess, like category as sexual abuse. It's 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 domestic abuse. It's something else entirely. Yeah. But this happened, and Amber Heard had all of these um, accusations, and at the time, because we were just like, you know, believe women, and of course, believe women clearly. And the whole reason that thing took off was because, um. Women were never at all believed. The whole point is to to get women to be heard. Period. You yeah. know, I real I realize, of course, that it's not like a one to one, like perfect, like wh- like a yeah, yeah, yeah. one size, you know, one size fits all situation. Because clearly, what's come to light is uh, Amber Heard was not being honest with some of the stuff that she, was coming from her camp, uh, and. It, it seemingly from the evidence that I have seen and others have seen, she seems was taking advantage of the environment to uh, defame the name of of Johnny Depp. Now, that isn't to say, of course, that Johnny Depp's entirely blameless. Yeah. I think the reality is no one's blameless. No one's innocent. These two people obviously were in a very toxic relationship and they were obviously no good for each other and they made each other the worse for it. And in hindsight, it would have been better for both of their careers if they had just like, you know, parted and out. not and, <laughs> yeah. and just well, not worked it out, just like left each other yeah, alone yeah. and not because what's happened since then is they've declared war on each other in public. 
And so they've both kind of become like toxic names or their reputation, shall we say, have just been like ruined because of their insistence on like not letting this thing go. Mm -hmm. Um, To Johnny Depp's credit, though, what's happened with this trial in some ways, it has rehabilitated his name somewhat with the fact that he's gotten his chance to have his peace, to speak what he wants to to say for all of these years about how he has felt. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, like, this is a situation where no one can ever really know what happened, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I've liked Johnny Depp. Obviously, we've all liked Johnny Depp in many of his films. And I think there is an appetite where there wasn't years ago where he should have some kind of peace and maybe have some projects to come back. Now, again, like, I can't say definitively if he, like, quote-unquote, hit her or not. I can never be in that position. I can never know what happened. But I can also... It's it's not a clear situation where it's like he... We know when we see these situations where one guy is the bad guy and, and one is the um, the abused and everything... But what's come to light in the evidence is that she was also very mm-hmm. uh, psychologically abusive toward him. So it's like we're in a situation where, you know what? I don't Both know. Of but, suck. <laughs> yeah, basically. But it, it's been my it's been my um, experience that I've encountered more people that fall on Johnny Depp's side of things than Amber Heard's sign of things. And it's interesting how it's affected the movies because just today or just this week, Amber Heard revealed that her role in the upcoming Aquaman 2... um, By the way... Anyway, Amber Heard's role in the upcoming Aquaman 2 has been downsized dramatically because of what's happened. That's what she claims. So that's the first we've heard of that. Um, Of course, we know that Johnny Depp was fired (laughs) from the last Harry Potter movie because of what happened. So... Um, that, that's a whole situation that's happened. And I don't know. I, I really want to, it's just an interesting moment. And I, I wonder what you guys think about this whole situation. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm on the same boat. Like I just. So By the way, much- guys, I, I want, I have to address it because then we were giggling and laughing. Peter just like injected himself into this call he's currently at disneyland and of all the things he feels they need to jump on this call <laughs> so okay but he has since left and so now we're back on track <laughs> alexis go ahead um it's a lot of he said she said now yeah. um and i think that it, you know at this point it's like it, it's both of you like both of you are not good for each other and just like stop <laughs> I don't know like it's it's like I don't think that it's okay to be like oh because you know in the beginning it was Johnny Depp who was being blamed you know for things mm-hmm. that Amber Heard said and then now it's Amber Heard but like like, I don't think that's okay either, because, yeah. like, both of them suffered, but also both of them did the suffering, like, the abuse, I guess. And it's just, like, no, just stop, like, stop like, while you can, I guess, like, I just, I don't know if you can yeah. at this point. We'll see what happens at this trial, right? But the thing is, like, the, the whole, the perception used to be Johnny Depp 
um, hit his wife, and it was like, oh shit, mm. that was that was that's how like how the story Which was, first was also reported. very like you know like I mean selfishly like sad I guess or like heartbreaking because this is like a person that like we all grew yeah. up with like it was depressing know? we didn't want to yeah. talk about that yeah honestly I feel like that one was the one that like secretly like hurt us the most because mm-hmm. I don't think we talked about it we never talked we about never it. talked why. about it like yeah. all the other ones like we did and yeah. they were sad obviously but I feel like that one we were like no fucking way like <laughs> um and like i think of like kyle like you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah and kyle well the thing is he's I, I i i think like for anything he yeah he was the biggest johnny depp fan and at first he was very much like very disappointed and very hurt by like the initial reports of what came out but last i heard like with with more of a uh, information that's come to light he's uh he firmly believes that um not that Johnny's innocent, but that he's more on his side now than on her. And I think that I think that kind of like resembles how the public has seemingly like I'm not sure it's like for everybody, but for, for some people out there. And I'm not I'm not counting the the herd people or the debt people. They're their own camps for sure. But for the public, the how this first started was Johnny Depp accused of hitting his wife. Then years later, now with this trial. It seems like there's been kind of a turn where there's been significant doubt on that first impression period. And now the whole thing looks as if like, well, she was out to get him and that she either made things up or intentionally went after him to hurt his career because they broke up. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, that's what it looks like. And I think a lot of people feel that that's what it looks like. And so – We've now come at the other end of it where Heard herself um, has like I, – I guess it's a – Kyle, I think, joked about it the last podcast. But I think it, it's now a thing where she's now called Amber Turd because she <laughs> defecated at, on the bed. Unless she literally shut the bed and that's that's going to stick with her forever now. Yeah. And I mean even like as the trial goes on and as we, you know, get like a uh, – I don't know, like a – like who won or whatever mm-hmm. um a verdict you mean in this yeah. trial we won't really know like unfor- no. because like it's the jury's gonna decide you know what i mean and it's very much like like who doesn't fucking know johnny depp you know what i mean like it very much is on the people on that trial mm-hmm. that is gonna decide and honestly i don't see how somebody like I truly hope that they got people that are, like, looking at this evidence and, you know, not thinking about, like, who's on the trial rather than yeah. the evidence at hand. But I I can't see that being the case. And I don't know. I just feel like we're not truly going to know. And it's, I don't know. It, it just all feels, like, icky at this point, at least to me, like... You know, know what's also very icky, you know, looking back at all of this is where the hell were Jerry Bruckheimer and the people at Disney making Johnny Depp make a Pirates movie under these conditions? Like, not only was he 
like his marriage falling apart, but he had substance abuse issues, whether it be with alcohol or what otherwise. And when you watch Pirate the last Pirates movie, you can tell. Oh yeah, that stopped being Jack Sparrow, and he was just Johnny Depp being drunk. <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even sure that's a joke. That that qualifies as a joke. Like if you watch watch that movie, it's like, um, and they just. I guess they just went with it and they shot yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't that's, know. I that's just, bad. It is. It is. <laughs> I just think ultimately, like this is just two people being really bad for each other that should never have gone together and. They have the power and the money to take it to, or take it as far as they have. And I don't know. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's the whole thing. It is interesting. Not that I would care ultimately because I think Disney really, well, I know some of us have different opinions. I know Alexis, you only really like the first Pirates movie, but for a lot of us, we really like the first three ones. And we are of the mind that Disney really messed it up with four and five, where they just kind of like threw them together. But uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, for whatever that's worth, did say this week that he does see uh, 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 another Pirates film with Johnny Depp coming back. And I don't think that's something he would have said a year ago. Hmm. So I don't know. For what that's worth, who knows what, what that could do. Um, and I think it, it also did come to light in the defamation trial that Johnny Depp did feel hurt um, by Disney when they just cut ties with him and didn't – because I think he felt like a sixth film was going to happen and he was going to have a chance to have a proper goodbye to it. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people did expect that. And look, the films – the quality you can – we can discuss how not good they are in a lot of ways, but they always made so much money. Mm-hmm. Like I think – I think like the last three films made a billion dollars. I think no, the, the last, last three films yeah. uh, paid for Shanghai. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was a whole side thing. So we did the trial and then the, the Turn to Page podcast. I had initially wanted to open the podcast with the Disney Parks discussion. Okay. So I just mentioned that Peter was um, currently in the Disney Park situation. Disney Parks. He's at Disneyland. Sorry, my mind's <laughs> scattered today. He's in Disneyland right now, and he asked a question yesterday. Now, yeah, I, I got to be honest, because um, we all went on our trip. By the way, if you want to listen to how our our amazing trip went, go to the Fantasy Fair podcast and look up those two podcasts we did mm-hmm. where we discussed our whole trip. It was an amazing uh, uh, discussion on a great trip. Uh, if you want to hear about that, I kind of like plugged out after that. Like I have not like as soon as like the new Genie Plus bullshit and paying for extra fast passes and all these like lightning lanes. As soon as that was implemented, I was like, bye. I'm like, I, I just like was not even paying attention to what has happened since then. All I know is the guest experience has gone down. And the profits have gone up. And as far as the board of the company is concerned, that's enough for JPEG to stay on. Yep. And I hate that. <laughs> and I really, I, I hate the idea of getting excited about Disney parks now because of this mentality. I hate it. I just hate it completely. But there's that. So 
he asked a question yesterday about like what the current status was for like getting a spot on the rise of the resistance attraction. And I honestly couldn't tell him because I didn't know where that was. Because last we were, we had to acquire a boarding pass. Now, I know that was suspended when it came to the Florida theme park. I don't know where that stood when it came to California. I think I think Disneyland as well. So the boarding groups are done now? I think so. So how does it work? Yeah, because my mom went on the Spider-Man ride and she waited a long time and she ended up hating it. <laughs> and this was back in December. Why did didn't why didn't you warn her not to waste her time? I that? didn't know. I didn't know she was gonna do that. It's basically just a midway mania of two three point at this point. Like why would you She literally even like till this day she's like, Yeah, that's a horrible ride. <laughs> I I don't think it would be horrible if you waited like thirty seconds for it. If you waited like hours for it, get yeah, the she, fuck they out with hours. that. <laughs> they waited hours. God damn. That's no that's so not worth it. So that is to suggest then that the Rise of the Resistance, which by the way is a ride that is absolutely worth however long you want to wait for it, um, is now standby line? Yeah, I believe so. But that also means the lightning lane? Okay. Well, I'm not well we'll see if that's an MG improvement. Plus and yeah. All that. yeah um, I, I honestly I haven't like seen how all of that works. I I feel the same. Like I, it just turns not, you off. Yeah, and it just feels so complicated that I'm just like, why am I like watching an instruction manual? <laughs> it gets <laughs> more complicated. Oh, well, that's what we did. Part. We did that the last time we were there. The, I know, the, the day before. Like... <laughs> no, it's crazy. No, it, it's a lot. I. I, I Look, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because um, I saw a video by Ordinary Adventures, one of the uh, vloggers that goes regularly to the the parks, and it had to do with something called Star Wars Nights, which I believe was just like a three-night thing. And I was looking at all the stuff they had there, so it was like basically – it's the template for, you know, Mickey's Not Necessary Halloween or the booth, whatever they call it now, you know, the parties that they have. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so they have, like, character meet and greets. Oh, yeah, I know what you're gonna talk about! And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, look, it's an ingenious, like, paid event, for sure, and I would gladly, like, pay, um, to, to, to experience it, but what the hell, man? Like, I, look, and I, 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 I compare that to the lacklusterness that is available anywhere at Avengers Campus. But you know what Avengers Campus did have? And I did see another one of those uh, another one of the Ordinary Adventure videos where they were just at Avengers Campus. And there were so many characters walking around. Well, that's the whole reason you go to Avengers Campus. And we've said for, I think, years now, you go to Galaxy's Edge and there are no characters. Maybe you'll see Kylo walking away from you? <laughs> And that's about it. But then at this Star Wars night event, like, there were so many character meet and greets. You had uh, 3PO, R2, BB-8. I cannot believe those three characters you cannot meet at all. 
like ever at all. You had like uh, meet and greets for the uh, I think Ewoks. Um, even Jabba the Hutt, like they had like a Jabba the Hutt sculpture, like set up with salacious crumb. There were, this is hilarious. There were like the, the aliens from the Cantina band, you know, the big, like with the, the, yeah. the big heads. Yeah. That in the, in the their... rivers of America. Yes. And that was no. so cool. My, not only did they have the... Clone Wars version of Ahsoka. They did, didn't they? Yes, Clone I saw th- Wars, ver- like not even Rebels, not not Rosario Dawson. Not, yes, no. Clone Wars Padawan Ahsoka. Wow. <sighs> and Rex, Rex. Rex. There was also Ezra and Sabine were there for meet and greets from Star Wars Rebels. Like they they really went all out, and it's like. Dude, we could have had this since 2019. There was no need to like to lock yourself. They should into have this. brought back the um uh, the meet and greet for what is the the guy that's in the Millennium Falcon ride? Hondo. Yes. Hondo Onaka. Oh, dude. That one was beautiful. And just, like, look how much excitement that generates to see the characters in, I don't know, a place called Star Wars Land of all places. (laughs) Like, imagine that. Like, how much life that brings to a place called Star Wars. I mean, or, you know, galaxies or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, just, like, God, it it angers me a little bit. Like, I would have loved to have seen all of those wonderful characters. And I think, like, we all had somewhat of an expectation that would be a no-brainer when that was announced all those years ago back in 2015-2014. The idea of a Star Wars land, you know? That was Um, what we were supposed to get. Like, And look, Galaxy's Edge is impressive for a lot of reasons, but it also drops the ball, stupidly enough. If anything else, if nothing else but for the lack of characters... I mean, yeah, Chewie is nice. And maybe every now and then you can see Ray. And again, Kylo walks away from you. And then the stormtroopers are like, hara- and, and then you get harassed by stormtroopers. Okay, I'm not sure. that That's not my idea of like a character meet and greet that's pleasant. But that's not enough. Whereas you go to Avengers Campus, you see Black Widow, Black Panther, Captain America. Like, you have Moon Literally, Knight. We, you have the Moon Knight meet and greets that were awesome. All of the Loki versions. All the Loki variants, right? <laughs> the, sig- the Scarlet Witch meet and greets, mm-hmm. which oh, the, um, I saw a video of Ant Man and Wasp. The Purple Witch, yes, the Ant Man and the Wasp thing is so cool. But they were carrying like a miniature yes. bug. That was awesome. Thing that yes. was awesome. Like, please explain. <laughs> they have Where? the Guardians out there. They have Spider Man. Like Spider. They have people. America Chavez already. That's for America By the Chavez. Way, so chill. So chill, so yes. So chill. So, ch- yeah. so chill. Yeah. So Never chill. let Kyle pronounce a name. He cannot pronounce a name if it would save his life. It's immediate death. But they even had like the, yeah, America Chavez was out there. They also had Moon Knight, like um the Eternals Knight, are out there Moon as Knight well for a bit. So cool. What well, didn't he? That costume looked great. Did you see it, David? The the Moon Knight like meet and greet? No, they, they actually, had both. Thought, the, they, they had they had, they had the uh, Mark um, Specter Moon Knight, and then also um, 
Steven, uh, Steven Grant's like Mr. Knight outfit uh, yeah. was yeah. also available too. It was and, like two um, versions. That's the only one I haven't when seen. When Falcon of- and the Winter Soldier were out, they had them. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> they could do so many things. But the thing is, with Avengers Campus, that's all they got. <laughs> it's, it's just that, I and mean, then maybe like, and but, then the ride. But the. But you know what? I will Galaxy's say this. Edge was like that for so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did catch a glimpse of the Doctor Strange show with America Chavez. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Actually, really entertaining. I, I was surprised how entertaining a Doctor Strange show could be at uh, Avengers Campus, but it was pretty good. So, Shang-Chi? They had Shang-Chi. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's, I mean, they had so many characters. Like, it's just like, the why can't they you do that for... The only one they didn't have was Black Widow in the white outfit because and I, hate yeah. women. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course they do that. No, but it was. Uh, I was watching a video of like, Black Widow, like... I don't know, like having a a Zumba class or something, or like she was just like working out with people and then she was like running around, like. And that was funny because like who would want to work out at Disneyland? That was that was the weirdest thing I ever saw in my life. But hey, I guess if you want to work out with Black Widow, you know when people tell me now, like, oh, I went to Disneyland for like three days, I went for two days, I immediately get tired and I get flashbacks. <laughs> we wouldn't have been as tired if we had the three days, like. Not maybe not two consecutive days, but like maybe had one day in between to like sleep <laughs> and recover. That's yeah. what we needed, honestly. Um, no, but yeah, Galaxy's Edge needs that. And you know what? I, I've also been a big proponent of as far as far as like what they've been missing is the music. And did you see that like fireworks show? That Star Wars fireworks show at Sleeping Beauty, dude? Like. I cannot believe they didn't do – they don't do more of those. Like, the, picture a Disneyland fireworks spectacular with nothing but Star Wars music. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about it was, okay, I get the fact that you're going to have the Mandalorian theme in there because yeah. it's like it's a big show and it's the Disney Plus, like, whatever. I get it. What I don't get is you have a Star, a Star Wars fireworks show. And you don't start off with the classic John Williams opening fanfare. You start off with like the Mandalorian theme song. Gross. And then, and then you hear "This Is the Way." <laughs> no, it ain't. So and then I, I I saw clips of like they had the obviously the Princess Leia theme, the uh, Darth Vader theme, Duel of Fates, Ray's theme. Thankfully, was in there. So yay, we get some sequel trilogy <laughs> uh, theme song in there. The Han and Leia theme. Um, yeah, so it was a great fireworks show. Um, and I didn't see the whole thing. It was just like a highlights reel. So if you get a chance to see it, um, go. Because you probably will never see it in person. And I wish I had <laughs> seen it in person, though. Like, that Star Wars night thing would be something I would be worth. Like, the like that's the only thing so far that's caught my interest in, like, you know, paying that upcharge. Not so much the like the the boo bash or the Christmas stuff like that. I want to do like, the boo bash. No, I the would, Christmas one. I would like to experience it. I wouldn't pay at the moment to do that. The Star Wars stuff, I would seriously consider. Honestly, I mean, we went to like the Disneyland version one, and and that was on. I think that one was worth it. Um, Which one? Halloween. The not so scary Halloween party. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen from boo bash, 
that honestly looks way cooler. So I would definitely the Boobash though did have fun characters like yes. Agatha Harkness, and I love <laughs> like seeing characters. So I would yes, I would pay to do that so fast, and it's so, so fun, fun because um you know you have people like Disney bounding to Disneyland and stuff, but mm-hmm. like. People get so creative when they... Yeah. I, well, didn't we see characters? Or didn't well, we see people dressed up? we encountered up? a person as we were waiting in line to get back on the bus to get out of the place. We encountered somebody who had a legit Scarlet Witch costume. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. People get so creative and so, like, excited. I don't know. It's just... It's a lot of fun, I think. And I would definitely pay to do that. But, like, all the other ones... I, you know which one else I would do? I would maybe do like the 90s night or the 80s night if they bring those back. I would do those. But all the mm. other ones, I'm like, me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, it goes to show you uh, how it, it, it has not been overstated. It can't be overstated, really, how popular character Scarlet Witch is. Mm-hmm. Marvel, do something more with her, please. Not like I know there's a project coming for her. I mean, like do more with the character because, like, look how much money she's making you. Look how <laughs> popular that character is. It's crazy. Um. So yeah, that that's one of the many rants I wanted to um open up the show with. Um, this next thing, uh, Alexis, you may not care about because you're not into Doctor Who, but there's been a lot of news. Mm ish well there's been a lot of new there's been a lot of news period there's a new doctor mm-hmm. um coming and and a couple of old ones coming back for the next year 2023 is the 60th anniversary of the series first uh, debuting uh, on television i think it was 1963 then yeah it would be 60 years <clears throat> and i to me look there's a new doctor coming it was already announced that David Tennant, um, who played the 10th Doctor, and Catherine Tate, who played Donna Noble, are coming back. Uh, Also, um, literally Donna's whole family, as well as, um, obviously, you know, Russell T. Davies is back in charge. David, I don't know if it's just me here, but, like, you can feel the difference. We haven't (laughs) seen a single, like, episode or a frame really Mm -hmm. but can you feel the difference in how like doctor who is like being talked about and how the people behind the show are are, like treating it now Mm -hmm. whereas chris chibnall was like i'll be honest with you i think chris chibnall might be one of the worst writers i've ever like seen like media from yeah like i i think we're his style of writing is not quite as bad as chris terrio jj abrams like rise of skywalker level but i think it verges on that a lot of the times and i think legit like chris chibnall was like not doing this on purpose i just think he's not a good writer i think he was killing the show like no one cared. I didn't care. I didn't see that whole last season because why would I? Yeah, same. And these and I've been even seeing the the reviews for these specials, and guess what? They've not been good. Jodie Whittaker, the first female Doctor, only has one episode left, and it will air sometime this year. And literally, not one person on this planet gives a flying fuck that she has like one more episode to go. Everyone's like mentally checked out and moved on 
to like what's ca- happening next year with the 60th anniversary special and that new season with this new doctor. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the new doctor or David Tennant and Donna coming back. It's like it's just it's it's funny, sad that this happened to the first female doctor, but I, I again and Jodie Whittaker had nothing to do with why her era failed. Yeah. And I feel bad for her the most out of anybody involved. Mm-hmm. But it's a failure. I mean, I don't know how you can get around it. It's just a complete abject failure. Like, <laughs> not only did, like, to me, most of her episodes do not register for me. Her as a doctor, even more so, just does not register with me. Mm-hmm. And that's just a big epic fail. The show has never failed as big as this, at least to me. At least in this modern era. And I feel you agree because you don't even watch it anymore. No, Why yeah. would you watch it anymore? Oh, yeah. Like I said, uh, I agree with you that I, I didn't watch that last season. I haven't watched those specials. Um, I'm not Just even... don't care. Yeah, I'm not even interested in watching like clips of the latest season. So... I don't know. But I will I'll, I'll be back day 1 the new <laughs> for that 60th anniversary special because what we've seen and look it's not a it's just it, it's it's something of a of a tear jerking thing at least to me to, to see like pictures of like uh the 10th doctor and Donna especially back like I never thought that would happen. Mhm. Yeah. And it makes you think like um, what what next does Russell T Davies have in store? I feel like he may, like he's he's going out of his way to top the fiftieth anniversary, which is the day of the Doctor. Which, by the way, he had no involvement in. Mm. At least I'm aware of that was all Stephen Moffat. So, and you can tell also he's he's a he's a great hype man. Mm-hmm. Like he's like you know hyping people up about like, the stuff that he's working on and getting people excited about the show. In a way, Chris Chibnall was just never present yeah. for any of this. Like he's so like involved in every piece of this and he's legitimately a fan at this not saying Chibnall wasn't a fan but he just wasn't anywhere Mm -hmm. with the fan base connecting with them on a face-to-face level every day now is an event where like people are keeping track (laughs) and like filming like scenes being shot like there have been scenes where like all like with a part of the main cast for the the big like anniversary special coming up next year so for me it's just a very exciting time. Like I, like it's just and and finally because I've waited since like honestly since 2018, I've been waiting to feel like anything for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean we we know what Davies is capable capable of in this in this show, and so mm-hmm. we're all just getting excited, and and it is getting me curious as to like what the heck is he planning with David Tennant because. For one thing, I'm worried about Donna because, like, you know, if she finds out who the doctor is, she's probably dead. <laughs> it's uh, but it seems like it was given away in these images that she's gonna have to, right? Yeah, she goes with him, she goes with him on the TARDIS after what is con- what I think is most likely like 16, 17 years after that happened mm-hmm. with um, her daughter now being there, like, as part of the, the actors that was in the cast, yeah, that we saw in those set photos. So to me, I know the ending that Russell gave Donna was rough. I know from a writing standpoint, it was like one of those things where at the time it felt like the right thing to do mm-hmm. from a writing standpoint, but it always sucked because that was the one like companion 
where she never remembered anything of what happened. Mm-hmm. And it felt especially crappy at the time. To be fair, she's also one of the only ones though that does have like a happy ending. Still? Well, she lives. Yeah. <laughs> she's alive. And the rest of them kind of... I mean, no, no, seriously, you have no idea how many of them die. I know. <laughs> like they, so, I mean, the fact that she's breathing is... First of all, that's that's great. She has life. <laughs> she has life. But she did get a happy ending. That's right. So, uh, at the very end. But, like, we'll see. Um, but it, very clearly, this is after. A long time after mm-hmm. that whole thing happened. So. But it also is not yet, like... It's not yet known if, like, they're the main part of this as well. Like, who knows who else may come back. Yeah. Um. So, we're still waiting as to how that's all going to happen. But I'm just... I'm happy. I'm happy to be, uh, and I. It, it's an interesting time because, and I think this is a great way to like segue into my next thing. Um, I have uh, fallen down a rabbit hole. It seems like um, I'm not. I'm not in, on a on a poster binge or a like Blu-ray binge now. Like, and when I mean binge, I mean like buying shit like all the time so i have no more need of posters as you can see from my room and as far as like movies are concerned i think like yeah i've bought like 20 at least this year at least so that's what it feels like so i'm kind of good with that but since i had a birthday recently and one of the things that i was trying to acquire for a while now that i was looking at was a uh agent colson funko pop which is one of the rarer, rarer ones, not the rarest, but one of the rarer ones that you have out there. Um, I don't do Funko Pops. Like, I've never had any of those. Um, I know you guys do have some of those, right? Yeah. Like, I've just, like, that. that's never been my thing to collect some of that stuff. That's since changed, <laughs> predictably. Because, oh, um... Oh, my God. It's I so dumb. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> I feel, but at the same time, it feels so good because, like, the, it's, <laughs> you get it, don't you? You get it. <laughs> it takes me forever to decide, like, should I get it? Should I not? I walk the whole store and then finally I'm like, I'm just going to get it. And then I buy it and I'm like, <laughs> So the thing is, uh, for Christmas, Kyle got me a, uh, first of all, it was like a Goku, like, Super Saiyan Blue Collectible. That was one of it. The other thing was a 1962 red Corvette, which is Phil Coulson's, like, Lola. That's this car that he has in the show. Mm. So it stands to reason that the gift that I had I had decided to get for myself was a Phil Coulson, like, Funko Pop. And I got it. And it was great. But then out of nowhere, I was like, well, you know, um, I did see um, Peter Capaldi is my favorite Doctor Who. He is the 12th Doctor. And then I happened to just like, you know, browse eBay just to see it. And I saw there was a listing for a 12th Doctor Funko Pop. And I was like, okay, get. And that was it. That was like, you know what? That's it. Um, That was the only other one I wanted because I like this character a lot. And I want it. And I got it. Good. By the way, not obscene prices for these. So not not there yet, anyway. <laughs> then um 
I uh, and I can show you the images obviously of all of these. So long story short, there's this whole section behind me that I'm reorganizing, and of course that demands more things. For my birthday, evidently Peter got me a Appa figure, <laughs> like a big Appa, and then also Aang and Uncle Iroh. So this is a whole like last I need Airbender. Uncle Iroh. And he got it at Walmart of all places. It was just like one of the last ones that was what there. The fuck? I, I can't. I can, I've never seen him. I've well, never the, seen him. To be clear, I've they seen are the not... Cabbage Man uh-huh. so many times. <laughs> I've seen Aang. I've mm-hmm. seen Zuko. Zuko is like the rare ones because that's that's like the really collect like right collectible. Like I have that one, uh, like the one where he's like shooting blue lightning. Um, but I've never seen Iroh. Yeah. But to be fair. Th- these collectibles, the Ampa, Aang, and Uncle, there there aren't Funkos. These are actual like figures. Mm. So they're not in the on the on the Funko Pop line. They're they're, okay. they're actual action figures. Just to be clear about that, so they weren't Funkos. I want to make the distinction. <laughs> I was at Target and like it caught my attention that Target has like this whole wall space dedicated to like these collectibles. By the way, I also blame you, Alexis, because like years ago, or maybe two years ago. You did give me a great gift, which was a uh, what are they called? Fig pins. It was an Obi Wan from the oh, Clone yeah. Wars fig pin, and then also a General Grievous um, like figure. At Walmart, I also saw this was like a year and a half ago a, a Maul one from the Clone Wars, and I got that one. So you know what? It's building. It's from and the so, Clone Wars. Yes, from the Clone Wars, obviously. Um, so I was at Target the other day, and I saw this, and I think I I shared a picture with it on the chat. This really, like, I didn't know these existed. This was, like, a fig pin pop, like, combo. A pop pin? No, a Funko. A pop pin, I think is what they yeah, yeah, Um, of the Scarlet Witch. You know I couldn't walk away from that. Yeah. It was like, okay, and I got it. So, again, I tell myself, that's it. No more. <laughs> As I sit, there are three more on the way to coming on the way. At least three more. Because I see on eBay there are some great prices. Now, some of them, obviously, I don't care if they're in the box or not. Because I do – I don't have the space for them to be in the box anyway, so. I know, same. I, I can't keep them in the box. There's only one thing that I keep in the box. And half of them are in my closet because they don't fit anywhere. <laughs> and I get so sad. But the boxes are huge. Because I yeah. – because I'm in the same boat. I love Funko Pops. All mm-hmm. of my gifts are always going to be Funko Pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I limit my limit myself. I only collect the last Surbender Funko Pops. And okay. um, if there's any Gremlin ones, I collect those. I already kind of have the ones that I want, which are, I right. have an Alice in Wonderland one. I have a Grease one. Um, I have Ariel. I have Ahsoka. So those are kind of like... Oh, and then I have some Gremlins ones. So, like, I'm set. But I need all of the Avatar ones. Like, I need those. And I yeah. need... I, I still need a few. But You have they, to limit yourself. Because if you don't, yeah, you'll just, like, buy bad. everything. It's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> and the other thing that I collect are Gremlins, like, action figures. I have about I think I have eight of them. Wow. Um 
one, there's two in one box, so that's about nine. But the boxes are, are huge. Do, do you remember the ones, the thing that I got Peter, like the Pan's Labyrinth thing? It's that big. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and he collects those, by the way. Uh, those yeah, big... no, I only collect yeah. the Gremlins ones, but yeah. but yeah, like there's His no thing room. is monsters. There's no room. And I get so sad. And I don't, like, those I don't want to take out of the box because I think the box is so pretty. No, like, those you can't. Yeah. Like, with, yeah, it and depends, there's, there's, obviously. like, different pieces to them also. Um, no. Look, Alexis, I think you have the right mentality. And I think with me, the approach that I've been taking is to, like, keep myself from, like, not, you know, <laughs> slipping into financial ruin um, is characters that I love. And naturally, it began with Coulson. Then it was the Peter Capaldi Doctor. Then Scarlet Witch, Wanda. All right. Well, then what came after? Um, Cap. Now, again, this, the Cap was out of the box. And it was like, what was it $4 on eBay? So, like, how could I not? And then Ahsoka. And this is great because the Ahsoka one was in the box. And the guy offered it to me for $6. I can't refuse that. Like, I just can't. And um, today, I – and the thing is this. Uh, obviously, I love Daisy Johnson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Those Funkos, and there are several on eBay, the standard retail price is $150 because they're so fucking rare. So obviously, no, that's horrendously obscene. <laughs> but I did win one in a bid today, uh, out of the box, for like so much less money. So, and it's coming. So I got three more that are coming on the way. And then I'm thinking about this other one that's like um, Ray from The Last Jedi, which is like also $8. And it's like, look, this is this is like a poison. Because like as soon as you get one, it's like, okay. Which you one? can't stop. <laughs> you can't stop. <laughs> and then I get into a mode, okay, like which one's can I get for um, Kyle? And which one's can I get for Peter? And it's like, it's just like it doesn't stop. And you know what is also sad, though? I uh, I actually still have Kyle's uh and Peter's Christmas present with me because really? I forgot it last time that I saw you guys. Um and I got Kyle a Mark Hamill one. Oh really? Like okay. like Mark Hamill, like not Mark least, Hamill yeah, yeah, Funko yeah. Pop? Okay. And he I won't think... know because he won't listen to this podcast, so Yeah. <laughs> Neither will Peter, so you can also tell me what you're done. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. I'll say that one. But okay. Right. <laughs> so I, I had forgotten about that because you guys actually sent over your gift to me in the mail, mm-hmm. which yeah. was I think you guys well, that one because we ordered on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> which that is beautiful uh, to this very day. Um, one of the things I have noticed though is one of the easiest ones you can get for like two bucks, three bucks. Is Rose Tico from The Last Jedi? That one's always on the shelf. Always. And I just feel so bad. 
Also, there's a whole bunch of Eternals ones. Like on Walmart, there's like Thena's, Gilgamesh, uh, a lot of Cersei's. Um, those are the main ones that I see. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really curious though, like how, and maybe I'll, if I go on YouTube, I'll find a video. I'm curious to see what all of those like look like together, all 10 Eternals. Cause there's, there's like, there's Funkos for all 10 of them. Mm-hmm. I have one. <laughs> yes, you do. Kyle gave you one of the, uh, <laughs> Druig <laughs> along with the Druig poster. So that was a great gift. So yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at. Uh, mentally speaking and so obviously you can tell i'm you know falling apart as a human being anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there is that uh and david one one thing before we move off of um no you know what not one thing i think we'll save this part for multiverse of madness because this is one aspect we didn't get into and you know what it is um I'm so, I'm so distracted today. I don't know what this is. I was just sticking out of something. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> it's been a week. It's not even. This is like Tuesday. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just done with the year. Anyway. Uh, shall we then transition into... Well... I was going to say multiverse of madness, but there's actually some kind of madness to cover before the fact. Um, did you guys have any thoughts about uh, some of the films that you guys saw, which were the um, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nick Cage and then also The Northman by Robert Eggers? Did you have anything you want to say about those movies? Have you saw them? Uh, yeah, I saw both. Um, mm-hmm. Northman. I saw none. Yeah, <laughs> the Northman. Uh, yeah, I saw that one in theaters. I'm sorry, I was in Europe. She was actually That's right. <laughs> she she had much better things to do than to watch like some peasant films. <laughs> she was like living up in the south of France. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually did watch both when you were in Europe. So I funny. know. Um, but the Northman, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's just a really good revenge story, um, you know, story of violence begets violence and all that. Um, but the it's Lion King. It's it's Lion King. Yeah, it's really Lion King. Yeah. the story. It's because um, Lion King is based on I Hamlet. I heard that it has something to do with the Vivich. Is that correct? It's the guy who directed it. Um, but it's yeah, the guy that but made like, it. It's not connected to it. Oh, I don't okay, think okay. No, I, I, I saw some stuff that they were saying it was maybe some theories, but like his films are not intentionally like interconnected. Yeah. Like they're all like his history based, but they're not like interconnected. Well, I don't think any of us have seen The Witch, so um, not that I know of. Right, I haven't seen The Witch. No. Oh, I thought you did. No, that's he's no. he's seen The Lighthouse, but not The Witch. Um, mm-hmm. No, Peter and Kyle get off to The Witch every day. From what I never shut. I've seen. I've seen the beginning. Okay. I mean, I. I'm sure they they love it for a reason. I I've never seen it. Uh, I only saw the lighthouse with um, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Uh, But I was mainly excited about this movie because of the director. I haven't. Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen any of his movies before this, and I wanted to, but I could. uh, But I just I was too lazy to do it. but I was really excited to see, like, what the heck is he capable of? Because I mean, from, just from images of his movies, he seems like he knows um, 
he seems like a really good director. No, he is. This this Northman is the most mainstream of the three films. So just to be aware, like the Witch and Lighthouse are a little bit more art house fair, but they're I'm sure, Lighthouse is. It's a great movie. I don't care about the Lighthouse, but it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. That's all. I'll leave it there, and you know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, but it's the Northman was very very good. Yeah, like technically, um, the acting also too was great. Um, I guess to me, like the lingering thing about the movie that sticks with me is just how atrocious it was. Like, cause like Robert Edgars is very committed to like his, like accurate historical depictions mm-hmm. of like people and, and how they were. And these Vikings, they were bad people. Oh my God. Like there's a, there's a scene in this movie where a whole village is like burned alive inside of like a hut mm-hmm. and you hear the screams. And they just did it because <laughs> Because. Yeah. Because they could. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So there, there's a whole bunch of that there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, I thought it was a very, very, very good film. Yeah, it's a good story. I Like you said, the actors were great. I actually really love the characters. The love story between the two main characters. I actually like... There's some fucked up shit that happens <coughs> with... Uh, I think our main character is Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Him and, and uh, Nicole Kidman plays his mom. Mm-hmm. There's a scene at the end mm-hmm. where there's a. Um, I thought the grossest thing I saw this year in a theater was literally two like, eighty year olds fuck, um, and I saw that in the movie X, uh, the A twenty four horror film X, and these were gross looking, the people obviously in like old people makeup, but they were like, yeah, that was gross. There was. <laughs> Something here, and you know what it is, David. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, Incest? where it gets, yeah. you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's, I was laughing though too, because everyone, like out of the entire movie, and that's the one scene that kind of got a lot of reaction, it was just, ooh. You're like, ooh. <laughs> I would have laughed. I know, it was, it was, I, I was kind of laughing about it, but. Yeah, <laughs> and this is a film where you see like nonstop gross things, mm. but that's the thing that was like, "Whoa, what are you doing here?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would yeah. think they wouldn't. You would think that we, you know, didn't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, real quick. That trailer. Um, I saw it. It looked really good. Oh my god, I'm so excited! I can't wait. I'm so excited for Game of Thrones night to be back. I've missed it so much. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's At least been it feels so like a long. long. Time. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait. And Matt Smith, he's finding some great TV work. He looks so good. Like Matt Smith, for whatever reason, can't like can't do it in movies. Like he keeps getting like bad like I mean, project Morbius. after bad project. No, yeah, Morbius was that it. <laughs> but like when it comes to TV roles, he keeps killing it. You go from Doctor Who to Prince Philip. And now this a Targaryen? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. Also, does he age? Like he's almost forty. He's thirty nine. <laughs> he's thirty nine. And you know what's even crazier, David? Like when we when he was having new episodes uh of Do- when when he was cast as Doctor Who, he was twenty six. Mm-hmm. He's our age. Oh no! What are we doing? <laughs> well, now younger than our age, yeah. technically speaking. So, 
or about to be. So yeah, that's a whole thing. But no, but it was a very good trailer. And you know what? It's like you know what? Fuck yeah! I'm. Uh, why not? I, I miss this universe. Let's mm-hmm. go back to it. I'm so excited. Anyway, uh, Northman, any last thoughts on it? Uh, no, that's it. <laughs> okay, what about uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? Uh, I loved it. <laughs> it was just, it's, it was funny. it's so funny, yeah. And then yeah. I listened to your guys' review, and I agree with Peter uh-huh. that there was something about it that almost felt like they were holding back on the yeah. Nick Cage-iness of it. Been, they should have gone more into should, it. I yeah. really thought they were going to go big. Like, as soon as like, you see yeah. his, like, imaginary double, uh... Mm-hmm. I thought like, oh, cool! Like we're gonna get this all the time. It's just gonna be them going back and forth or something. But no, it just happens like two or two times after that. And uh, I mean, Pedro Pascal, he was so great. I really love this character. And <laughs> just, I really believe their friendship by the end of the movie it was so great. I know, right? <laughs> Isn't it funny to see Pedro Pascal act in something? Yeah, oh, I'm actually very curious what got him interested in this in that role. Like, yeah. just, does he love the cage like, that much too? Or <laughs> it's so good to see his face because you can't ever see it on his own show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, no, it's just, it's it's a really funny movie. I think if you are a Nick Cage fan, <laughs> you should watch it. Yeah, it was a great, look, it's been a great year to <laughs> see comedies in the movies again. Between this and then also The Lost City, which, it wasn't great, but it was good for what it was. It was Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Both I heard those, a lot of good things about that one. I really enjoyed it. I mean, Peter and Kyle did as well. So it was a win all around. <laughs> and guess what? That made more money than, I think, Fantastic Beasts 3. <laughs> wow! <laughs> At least here stateside. So, um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah I'm going to the Wizarding World this weekend. I, I know I don't talk about it as much because I don't really like am into the universe. So obviously, I'm not on the podcast with you guys uh, with Return of the Page, but that theme park experience, Wizarding World, is wow. I mean that, and especially that attraction, the Forbidden Journey. I believe that's what it's called. Wow, one of the best theme park attractions ever, ever created. And by the way, that's coming from somebody who is an arachnophobe. And there was a sequence where you are surrounded nothing but giant spiders. <laughs> I'm honestly and- like I'm super excited because I haven't been to Universal Studios in. Maybe 10 plus years. Um, But I am scared. Of the spiders. I I am scared of the spiders. I'm scared of the dinosaurs. Oh, the dinosaurs. I'm scared. scared. (laughs) That Jurassic World ride, I think also, I would say, is in the pantheon of all-time great theme park attractions. I mean, even... Even the original was so good. Yeah, yeah, the Jurassic Park one, yeah. there's no way that I would know that. (laughs) So it's not just like a water thing where like you drop, but you also drop in the direction of like big fucking dinosaurs that are going to eat you. I'm so scared. And they, like, they, I feel like they added a million more. They did. Like there was so many before and now it's just like out of every single direction. They're coming at you. And you know what I'm so freaking scared of? Those stupid videos that keep popping up of, like, uh, blue coming out of the bushes and, like, people <laughs> taking pictures. 
Oh my god, I am so scared. I scared. Just don't go near a bush. <laughs> oh my god, but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole thing. Um, is anyone looking forward to the, the new Jurassic World movie? Or are you just gonna? Are, oh, are you? Are, I'm still gonna off. see it. I'm still getting over I, <laughs> the last one. The last one was bad. Uh, oh my god! I get so that angry one. just thinking about it. <laughs> the last one was like it was all kinds of like bad. It was like it was boring, and it was just dumb. Do you remember my reaction, David? <laughs> no, I was just like, "This is fucking stupid!" <laughs> like, what? oh my god. I think to me, like, that was one of the most, like, that was one of the worst, like, movies I've seen in a theater with Kyle. Like, he and I were so on the same page. We're not always on the same page, by the way. Some And a lot of times we're, like, very much on opposite ends. We were, like, zapped of all energy. <laughs> I think we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and got drunk. Because it was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, while we move off of this uh, quickly, anything about the Avatar trailer that apparently is now the single most viewed trailer of all time? (laughs) (laughs) Because everybody went to go see Doctor Strange, that's why. I look at that trailer and a couple of things like stick out to me. I like water. The water looks good. So visually, I'm sure that'll it'll be like a lot of fun. Looking at it, it'll be a lot of fun. And it's a James Cameron movie. And it's going to deliver when it comes to the visual effects. So there's that. I just, when I look at that trailer, and then I see the reaction it got as far as like the hits are concerned with like how many views. I really am just puzzled. With, like, what it is that people get so excited about with Avatar. Did you guys see the trailer? Did you guys care? Yeah, um, I saw the trailer. And, I mean, I'm just... I'm, I'm, I didn't care. I'm also just excited to go back to the world, really. I mean, I really liked the visuals in the first one. So, I'm kind of curious what new stuff they bring out in this one. I could literally care less about this. Cool. I hated the first one. I hate this trailer. <laughs> Pandora was like, honestly, was so whatever to me at Animal Kingdom. Oh, that's right. You went to that. Um, yeah. I do not care. Like the first movie, I walked out with a headache because you have to wear the stupid glasses. And those glasses <laughs> give me a headache. Did you ever go back and see it? Nope. I don't that think was I've 10 seen years it ago. Since. That was over 10 years ago. It was like 12 years ago. And we saw it from the first row. Because we got there late. If you ever get the... If you ever... um, I would recommend you see it again. Only because what you... What you're describing sounds like an atrocious way to enjoy a movie. I've tried. It. Okay. They would play it on TV all the time. They, they did, didn't they? And yeah. I just wouldn't care to. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Anyway, there was also a Lightyear trailer that came out. 
And I wasn't thinking about this, but I was primed to think about this because both Peter and David, Peter and David, Peter and Kyle pointed this out. And that is that Chris Evans was brought in to voice this version of Buzz Lightyear, who apparently like jumps in time, which is what Captain America pretty much is in the MCU, which is hilarious. Anyway, no, yeah, actually, I got that from the beginning. That was that was like, oh, you just want a Captain America in this movie. You want a man out of time, yeah. basically. <laughs> There's potential with a man out of time story. And I'm a sucker for those, obviously. Um, Pixar rarely, if ever, they've delivered a bad movie. So again, like, I always have faith in them. I always have faith in them more so when it comes to Disney animation. Um, Because sometimes Disney animation doesn't, like, have a home run. Lately they have been. But, like, you know, sometimes you get a a Ralph Breaks the Internet or... uh, well, any other ones, I, I guess. I don't know how I feel about Big. I don't like Big Hero Six all that all, all that much. But I know some people love Big Hero Six. I know you do, and then the series and everything. That's a movie I don't really care to watch again. Big Hero Six and haven't in a long time. But hey, that's everybody's has a different take on it. I mean, I love Frozen too. Peter, I think it's like the worst thing ever made. <laughs> like he hates that film with a passion. Um, very much so. Anywho. I am going to have an open mind with this film, and it was a good trailer, but man, like, I'm having a hard time just getting over the the effect of, like, seeing a character that is called Buzz Lightyear and has, like, the features of Buzz Lightyear, but my mind looks at that, and I'm like, that's not Buzz. Mm-hmm. That's not the real Buzz. And it's just like, and then also seeing like the merch come out for it just feels I so I saw it today. Dirty. We went to Target before we started this uh-huh. and they already have all the merch. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. When does it even come out? Does it come out soon? June. June. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm excited about it. I feel like I saw, actually, I saw this tweet today. Remember, Alexis, Pixar films used to come out in theaters. And when they did... It used to be in June, and if there wasn't a pandemic, and if there wasn't an asshole called Chapik, a great film called Luca would have been released in June in theaters in 2020. Is it being released in theaters? Yes. Okay. Lightyear I thought that's is, where you were going. But you see, Lightyear gets the theatrical release. Why? Because it has the franchise name. Whereas original movies like Luca and Turning Red and Soul... And, well, so on onward, I'll count different. But with Luca and Turning Red, like Disney Plus. And yes, I get it that like they were streaming giants and they gained a fan base they otherwise would not have if they weren't on Disney Plus. But it's still the principle of the thing. Like I would have wanted the option to have seen both of those movies in theaters. But it also feels like dirty how like, okay, well, the Toy Story like legacy movie that's gonna go in theaters for sure okay yeah anyway you were excited um yeah i'm excited about it i i really like the trailer and then i i read this tweet today to david um where somebody i think jokingly wrote imagine you're watching imagine you're watching the movie and then it gets to the end, and then it's Andy saying he wants a Buzz Lightyear toy, and then it's his mom being like, we'll see. 
And everybody was like, honestly, it's fucking cheesy, but like, let me see it. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to do that. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I could definitely see it working. Like, I mean, Toy Story 4 worked a lot for me. So when it comes to the Toy Story feels, it definitely would, (laughs) would do it. I wonder, though, like. It is a. I don't. I don't expect this to feel like a Toy Story movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. I, I to an extent, I don't know what to expect with the movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. But I feel like that was like every Pixar movie. Yeah. Like I never really know, like what's actually gonna happen. And then they also um, announced a new one that they're Elemental? Making. Uh-huh. Interesting. My first thought was Avatar. The last I wonder. <laughs> I was like, Earth, Air, Water, Fire. What? <laughs> and that one's coming out next year? I think mm-hmm. that's it. Okay. I'm just excited because I feel like... Um, I'm excited for the new era. Of Pixar. And I'll I, say this. I'm happy oh, that they're allowing like a lot of people to work on projects that they're passionate about. Like freaking uh, Turning Red. Uh-huh. If you guys saw like all of the behind the scenes stuff, oh my god, I was bawling. I was crying so much. No, I, I feel like between... um, I, I think... Just about all of the stories that have come out with the Pixar and Disney animation films have been personal stories from their creators. And that's not something like Disney is well known for mm-hmm. as, a, as a movie studio. So I think it, it's, it's curious to see that in the realm of animation, there is more room for, you know, the creators to actually make films like, like, Real movies, not mm-hmm. like like you know where they have to like compromise or capitulate with like the demands of a fan base or like like a Star Wars or a Marvel where you have to like that's a whole fight in and of itself. But with like the animated films, you feel that they feel free to make the movie and 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 you know tell the story that is ultimately their story. Um, and between you know Luca and Turning Red and Encanto. And this whole like Disney Plus honestly propelling all three of those films to massive success. It feels like more so than the 2010s. Um, animation at Disney has like roared back to life mm-hmm. in a way it hasn't felt like on on this scale since maybe the Disney Renaissance and since the um, the heyday of Pixar. In the 2000s era, where they were releasing like hit after hit after hit. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, it's like, it's come back, both studios full Mm -hmm. force, where they're releasing like great film after great film after great film. And even the ones that haven't been quote unquote great have been really good, good to really good. Yeah. And also been personal, whether it be with Ryan the Last Dragon, Soul, and Onward. Also films, which, by the way, were not sequels either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
I'm I'm really excited when it comes to Disney animation in particular. So, um, yeah. Should we get to this She-Hulk trailer? Uh, <laughs> I've seen some comments to suggest that perhaps the feel that this trailer and the vibe that this trailer gave off is very comics accurate. Mm. For what that's worth, um, again, I've always said, fuck the comics and like do an actual like adaptation and do your own thing, you know? I, I know I, I people feel, you know, very passionate about like, you know, their fandoms when it comes to comic books. I get it. I saw this trailer and it's just so many reasons these days, like, where I just can't give a fuck about the MCU in a lot of ways. And I just see like missed opportunity after missed opportunity. I see in the form of like uh Mark Ruffalo. I just feel so bad for the guy because they can never actually do a story that's about him. He's always just the side character that's there to support somebody else. And Mark Ruffalo is a great, a great Hulk. He's a great actor. He's a great actor, period. Yes. And he always gets short shifted. Even in Endgame, he's the only character that has like an arc off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... and. <laughs> He's yeah, one of the original that. six adventures. Yeah. Like, he gets, like, next to nothing to do. And then I see him get stuck with this, which feels like the Disney Channel meets the CW, but with Marvel. And I mean, like, the worst of Disney Channel. Not even the best of Disney Channel. Like- I mean, like, the the worst, <laughs> like, the worst of Disney Channel meets the worst of the CW. Which, by the way, the CW, I think, is just dead now from what I've seen. Like, they canceled all their shows. Yeah. Like, like, the only one left is, like, Superman and Lois. And I guess The Flash is going to come back for a last season. Mm-hmm. But I think they got rid of everything else. I think even Stargirl is, like, rumored to be on the, uh, on, like, on the... Stargirl uh, is not no, on No, no, wait, TV, not Stargirl. Right? Wait. Batgirl? What, what's... Stargirl's the only one that I haven't heard anything about. But it's on CW, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I thought Star- it was on um, an app. HBO? Yeah. Mm. No? No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I think know. maybe like the they put the episodes up there, but I don't know. Um. And that's another thing like we should mention, right? Because like, this basically is the end of an era. Mm-hmm. Like the 2010s. The CW was like the place for superhero content and their massive crossover events with like Arrow and Flash and uh, what were this, you know, Supergirl and Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow. That was the peak of it all before like Netflix had their Marvel shows, before Disney Plus, obviously. Everybody was talking about that and was like up to date with those shows. And you can really feel like an era just. Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, when I went to Comic-Con, like, that's all, that's all, like, anybody would talk about, like, the CW shows, yeah. It was everywhere, and all the merch, like, the comic, like, actual Comic-Con merch, like, that's all you would see, um, and, like, I remember, I didn't watch Arrow when it first came out, which is, like, the first one of, like, Mm -hmm. that whole thing, 
But um, The Flash came out when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out, Agent Carter, and Mm -hmm. um, Gotham came out. I think they all came out at the same time. Mm. Um, We're talking about 2013-2014. Yeah, I stuck with Flash, (laughs) and I stuck with Agent Carter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you didn't have much to stick with Agent Carter, because she got shafted, (laughs) Mm -hmm. didn't she? Well... And I stuck to follow them. <laughs> what was that you shared? That they're gonna do a Captain Carter show? <gasps> that they're like talking about it. What the fuck? Bring back the actual <gasps> Agent Carter. <laughs> fuck the Captain Carter bullshit. I didn't even like her in the fucking and what if or oh I guess she was tolerable in what if, but it really pissed me off in Multiverse of Madness. It was just annoying the whole idea of it. I was whatever. You bring back Haley Atwell, and again you just don't do nothing. Whatever. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it, it's it's an end of an era, um, and it kind of makes you feel a little bit nostalgic for the 2010s now. No, because yeah. it was yeah. a really exciting time. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I when that started, specifically with the Flash, I remember just watching a whole bunch of videos, people reacting to every episode and everything. Like, this is like 2013. Yeah, yeah, I would watch a bunch of videos like that, and it mm-hmm. kind of got me through after high school, a little bit of college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's something. That's for sure. Now uh, with She Hulk, yeah. Huh. Uh, I mean, I said I just said it before the recording. Like that, this this reminds me more of a CW show. It just, uh, I mean, one thing I I don't really know what the heck the story is i mean they tell us like she's, she's gonna be a loyal for superheroes and all that um but i'm just not really sure what exactly she's gonna go through in this show um it looks like they're gonna go straight for comedy like um i don't know which could be fun uh but they gotta fix that cg if they wanna <laughs> make me laugh <laughs> and i truly truly believe that that is what they intended for it to look like because there is no way that they would release a trailer without it being somewhat ready and for those you remember how bad it looked like the first will smith genie yes Mm. and that was they they were done (laughs) they like they were like yep we're finished so those people that are like, oh, it's not ready. It 100% is ready. They would not have released this trailer. Yes. She-Hulk we're talking about here if they thought that they still needed to work on it. Yes. 100%. This was... This was bad all around. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I guess the biggest issue is I can't bring myself to care I'm sorry. I just can't bring myself to care. If they were going for comedy, I don't know if the intention was for it all to come off as cringe, but it did. Um, worst of all, wow, that's what she looks like. It's so bad. She's but the like, main even character, he and looks that's really she, bad. She doesn't look as as bad as her. Yeah. But still, she sticks out. Like she sticks good. out in yeah. every image, and it's like the the whoa. ending scene where he where she's carrying the guy. Mm-hmm. That looks so bad. It was awful. 
That was bad. No, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> that's all I can say. Yeah. It was terrible. Um, so maybe uh, uh, I'm here for a, a Marvel property failing, though. I think they, they, they need a failure. And preferably mm-hmm. one that's not like Eternals. Where it's like that one's like being labeled as the fucking failure. No, 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 no. That wasn't bad, period. Now this, on the other hand, I'm here for the, you know, the the chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to cause whenever that, that thing drops and everything. It's, it's complicated, obviously, with Marvel because, like, they... Most of the stuff that that comes out with them, I'm very like whatever on, and then they pull me back with something that I really liked, like Eternals or Moon Knight, and then here comes Miss Marvel, and I don't, I, I mean I've already gone on tangents why I'm pissed off <laughs> with that, or or don't care, but yeah, I don't know, I'm uh. It's a whole thing with uh, And then they're doing an Marvel. Echo show. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? I don't know. I guess we'll see it, right? Like, whatever. Um, anywho. Yeah. Let's go ahead now and get into uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Um, look, I first want to hear, before we get into any of you guys' thoughts, I'd like to hear what you thought of the overall review that we had last week, as far as, like, takeaways, right? Like, what were you surprised to hear as far as the overall tone of it? My impression was that, um... It wasn't, like, overwhelmingly positive, at least the overall, like, review of it, because I think, like, Peter starts off with, like, well, this isn't great, Mm -hmm. first of all. I mean, that's kind of where it begins. But here's, like, a long list of reasons that makes me fall in love. Maybe not with it, but at these little, like, little bitty things. Mm -hmm. And as the podcast progressed, there was a lot more stuff... You know, little moments here and there, individually that I did love. But the more and more and more I think about it, the whole just doesn't work. For me, I think whereas Kyle and Peter, they might find enough to like, they can appreciate the whole as it is. And I can too, somewhat, I don't know, it's weird because like, I feel like I was easily the one that was, like, the hardest on the film. Like, where it needed to be, like, punched. Let's be fair about that. Um, I did go back and listen to the review. I don't know what the fuck Kyle was talking about where he felt there was charisma between America Chavez and Doctor Strange. I No. I felt I, there was nothing. There was nothing going on between those two as far as like charisma or chemistry. Nothing. That's but hey, there is there's that. I don't agree with him saying that this is the most fun that he's had since Fantastic Four. Yeah, I don't I didn't get what he was what he's saying by that. I think like he's talking about like just goofy levels of fun. Like I think like 
the way it sounds when he says that, it's like, okay, this is the most fun period I've had with any comic book film since the Fantastic Four. And the way that sounds is like, oh, so he must really think highly of the Fantastic Four films. And no comic book film since then has like lived up to like, no, that's not what it is. I think he was talking about like, just like silly, goofy levels of fun. Like this, like Doctor Strange had a lot of goofy shit in it by design. And a lot of comic book films lately don't do that. But his favorite one is guardians (laughs) look far be it for me to like explain kyle to you i don't know so peacemaker i didn't didn't understand that um i think that peter has grown soft i wasn't gonna say it I, and I didn't want to say it, and I held off saying it for such a long time. And I knew if I went there, it would have went into a different direction. And I'll be honest, like, there were moments where, like, okay, he pushed back, and I let him have those moments where he pushed back. As long as I made myself clear as where, and where I stood, it was fine with me. But, look, listen. This is where, like... He was I making called- excuses for this movie. That is a very fair thing to say because I remember him not putting up with this shit with a whole bunch of other movies and shows where we love, but he was like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, not good enough for me, let's throw it away with fire. And with a fiery passion, like he would eviscerate so many things that we love, like a Frozen 2. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm going there. <laughs> or like an Endgame, even. Or Star Wars Rebels, he doesn't like. Or so many other things, right? And a lot of the things he was saying, I get. But when I compare it with a lot of the things he has said in the past, he would not make, as you put it, he would not make this many, he would not be as reasonable. Let's put Wanda's words. He wouldn't be as reasonable as he was with this film as he wasn't with so many others. <laughs> um, I understand the points that he's trying to make. Um, the one that I'm like, absolutely not is. <laughs> The comparison between Wanda and Strange Mm -hmm. and going through the same things. Did you hear my reaction to that? (laughs) Did you hear my... Because I I, clearly... I couldn't swallow that either. And I was like going off in it because like I I understood the point he was making. Yeah, yeah. And I could see mm -hmm. the movie trying to do that but it absolutely did not do that (laughs) no no i i can get by the goofiness i don't mind that at all the Mm -hmm. film looks really good Mm -hmm. but what these people do in this movie these characters like to me wait real quick to me i use the word sanctimonious 
because like I can I can recognize that on some level, yes, they were trying to have a parallel between Strange and Wanda and like, you know, like one like being willing to let go and the other unwilling to, sure. To me, one I don't I think it's too thin. They don't do a good enough job of doing that at all in the movie and two as a f- big fan of Wanda and as someone who doesn't really care that much for Doctor Strange it's like you had a character here with all of the nuance and you had a character with Strange where it's just a little bit of stuff here I it just feels bad that the character that I liked was the one that was like uh 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 you're wrong shame on you and the one that I don't care about was like well of course he's you know the ex sorcerer supreme he has to be the one that's right and this is where it's like okay maybe these two shouldn't have been in the same movie maybe wanda should have just had yeah, her own that, movie that is that is like i think ultimately what i think is my biggest complaint about this movie this should have been a doctor strange movie and just doctor strange there was I think no it, it, need it, 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 to it is bring his movie. wanda it is his movie on I like I don't No, it's a little bit his movie. But then it's also it's but then when she gets into the movie, it's all about her then. That's what I'm saying. Like yes. I don't think like just have him be in this movie and that's it. There's mm-hmm. no need to bring Wanda. And like what the fuck is it with the Marvel not giving these girls their damn movie and when they do it's bad and when they do they don't care i don't understand and this is like wandavision was huge wandavision is still huge they just celebrated the one year anniversary of this damn Mm -hmm. show i just i don't get it i don't understand yeah and i think like what you what you're um what you're bringing like voice to is a, a particular like critique that i think as well um well-based and well-founded because when you look at the comparisons between Wanda and Natasha, right? So both Wanda and Natasha, however well they were used as supporting players in other people's films, when they're being transitioned to have the limelight on themselves, the results have been poor as far as to how those characters are treated. First of all, Black Widow's own film was not good. But even how she's treated in her own movie, she's playing second fiddle to her replacement, (laughs) which is all kinds of, like, disgusting to me. Then when it comes to Wanda, okay. (sighs) They, (laughs) yeah, like, you're right, like, she's so popular. WandaVision is so big. And... It feels like it's a Marvel thing to consistently do your female protagonists dirty. Because, I mean, like it or love it, or or hate it really, to some people, like, she's the crazy bitch character in this movie. She's the, in some ways, not that it's played off this way, but for some people, they can view it as like, well, it's it's like... You know, the woman, she's too emotional and she goes off on a tear and like, okay, some people can view it that way. Yeah. But as a fan of this character, it did leave me very disappointed because like, 
don't know. I guess my point was, I can go with with the route of her being the villain in this movie if there was just more to it than what it was. Because what was there was just sorely lacking for me. The performance was there. No one disagrees oh, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's just the she was the slasher villain. And if you're in here to see a slasher, like, goofy horror film, then it works. But if you're a fan of this character, and if you really love with all, you know, the growth that she had... Well, we'll see growth. Maybe not the right word here now. Or... <laughs> it's how just like much... nothing happened. Nothing happened with her. Yeah. Like, even in the end, like, I at least still get the sense that she didn't learn anything. <laughs> And that's what WandaVision was supposed to be. Well, you and get the sense that she learns was. the same thing again. Mm-hmm. For some people, you'd say. I mean, yeah, that's that's very fair, David. You, I'm, I'm sorry I cut you off. You were going to say something. Uh, well, well, I mean, from, for me, my thoughts on the movie. I, yeah. I was basically like with Peter, only he was a bit more um, enthusiastic. enthusiastic about it. I, I really did enjoy it. Like, and forgiving. <laughs> forgiving. Uh, I, I really enjoyed like. You're not as forgiving as you. <laughs> I really enjoyed the like the cinematography of it. Sam Raimi was excellent for this movie, and I want more this in the MCU. Um, See, this is where it's so conflicting because finally, well, maybe not finally. Let's give Eternals its due. Eternals had great like cinematography and lighting and and set pieces yeah. too. But the rule is for most Marvel films, with Multiverse of Madness, we get to compliment it for things that the rest of them don't mm-hmm. do, which is having interesting cinematography. You can see a movement of the camera, like transitions and stylization, and, and just like it looks like a movie instead yeah. of a TV mm-hmm. show. And because of it, though, like there's so much going on that like it almost feels airtight, like everything about it, and it moves so fast. Like it's kind of what – I think that's something that may probably Eternals needed, just like an airtight editing that can make the story go a bit faster. You know, sure. Um, and and so that's really that in the music. It's the only, those are the only two reasons why I would rewatch um, mm-hmm. this movie. Sam Raimi and Danny Elfman deliver. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. So like again, I halfway through the movie, I was like the music. Like I paid attention like so much to the music in this one. Like it just kept catching my attention. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through, I'm like. Oh well, it's Daddy Alfred, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know what? I what else I was also thinking while watching it? Like this music's too good for what we're. Oh watching. my god! Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, especially 100%. when you get like the rock music, I'm like, oh my gosh, this movie needs to be more badass than it should be. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's great. Um, but the the big thing that really just uh that doesn't make me want to watch this it's the characters. Um. I, yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> the biggest thing is that there was too many arcs going on. First, you needed the relationship between Steven and uh, Christine. Christine. And then there's Strange and Chavez. And Strange and Juan. Strange and Wanda. Strange and Wanda. Strange and Juan. Wanda and her The kids. only one that worked was Strange and Juan, but it was only because you're, you're supposed to bow to me. Right. Yeah, right. And at the end, he bows cool and i don't know that's the only thing that worked for me and yeah but but think about how like how thin that I is know. you know and, and and like these are the two main characters in this franchise mm-hmm. yeah and like that's all they could think to do 
with the, with their own movie. Yeah. And that's why it's like, I know... Uh, they keep bringing Juan in, but he does absolutely nothing in every movie. I know. <laughs> like, uh, I asked a direct question in the last podcast about Strange's arc. And when I listened to it again, I realized, okay, Peter did explain what he thought the arc was in this film. I just... And it was, it's not that I wasn't listening. I just like, wait, that's it? And like, to me, it's like, yes, there's an acknowledgement on Peter's part that it was very thin. But like, to me, I, yes, there are like some things that you see him do differently, but he doesn't feel like a different character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't feel like he learned all that yeah. much. You're told in dialogue that I guess he did, but I'm not convinced. Yeah. Like he felt the same as he was, as he did before the fact, mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, they should have dropped the whole strange Christine thing. Like, I I really think they should have focused because honestly, at the beginning of the movie when she's getting married, I really thought, oh, perfect, you know, uh, she's getting married, he's gonna go, uh, you know, hey, I'm happy for you, blah blah blah, you know, and then they're staying friends, and maybe they just go her alternate self is just gonna go in the fun little adventure for themselves, but like they're staying friends. You know, because like, it literally gave me the ick when he was like, "What?" what I forgot what he, he said during the wedding to her. Like, I could have been better or some shit. Like yeah, that. that. It, it, I was like, that oh, weirded cringe, me cringe. out. Like, why are you saying that cringe. here? Out of all, you don't say that at a wedding. Don't say that at a wedding. And but then you, as soon as you hear that line, though, it's like, "But you couldn't get the girl," and I'm like, "No, we don't need to do this," <laughs> and just. It, and I think they really should have developed more with him and Chavez. I really think they could have... Well, the the problem, David, there is because Christine and, and Strange haven't been seen on screen together, first of all, since 2016. And even in that movie, that felt like an afterthought mm-hmm. in that film itself. Yeah. Because well, I think she leaves halfway through the first movie. So when, I think, look, yeah, I am a big believer in like having a romance. And I think I would have been in favor of more Christine if it was allowed to actually blossom into something because you have Sam Raimi who does this stuff really well from the Spider-Man films, right? Now I know some people don't and don't like um MJ all that, you know, from uh, the Spider-Man movies from mm-hmm. Raimi. But I mean to for a lot of people that felt like a genuine real life romance. And I have no doubt that if he were, if this film was about, it was a love story between Strange and Christine, mm-hmm. I think it could have been great. Sure. But that's not what like anybody like involved with the film wanted to mm-hmm. do. That was like one of like the many pieces that had to be in here yeah. by like mandate. It felt like, mm-hmm. and out of everything, I mean, I already told you this, Alexis, but. Out of anything, anything, anything that has been released by Marvel, this was the one where you bring up Endgame because Doctor Strange is the one that decided to do what he did. Mm -hmm. And they only have, like, one line. Yeah. And and it's an interesting line. And it would have been an interesting story to go more into and there was but they did. and there were moments in the movie where they could have brought it up like every universe they keep saying that strange keeps making this big decision that affects everyone and it's like okay is he not going to react to this like is he gonna mention what he did at all or like i really i really thought we were gonna have like this character moment where he just 
where he actually regrets what he did even though like you know yeah he it saved everyone but it's like this we could have had honestly you could have like a 10 minute long scene of him bringing it up him kind of going like you know i i i made this decision there was millions of decisions to make but i had to pick one that i was alive because that's the only way i know i knew that my plan worked you know and that's like this biggest thing it's like i wish it would have been me to have died you know and i just ma- that would have been actual character growth. yeah and, and, and you know he's just like i i hate that i had to get you know i hate that it had to be stark you know the number one hero of this world the best or what is it the strongest avenger <laughs> just keep going keep keep that joke going throughout the movies or something um but his death brought about the least amount of deaths or something like that you know you could have really brought it up a lot <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we decided with Wanda being evil. <laughs> no, oh my gosh, okay. Um yeah, so <laughs> Wanda was uh another big uh complaint I have. So uh, it's just not sitting well no, is it? No, it's not. Like, it's so t- the, uh, what really started it honestly was that thing um Kyle said in the podcast where he goes, "I really like what how they portrayed her." Um because, you know, with depression, uh, you know, it comes in waves. And some days you have good days and others, they just, it hits you hard and you have really bad days. First of all, Kyle, I'm sorry, but there is a giant leap to go from, you know, losing control of your powers and fucking up people and wanting to murder a child. <laughs> like, I I don't have depression. I don't know much about it. But, like, I feel like this is... A weird way to compliment her character. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, the way I felt about that is, even if you were going to do that, I feel like that's a classic example of like projection because it's not anywhere in the text of the film that that's why Wanda is doing mm-hmm. this because she suffers from like depression. I mean, obviously she's. Not in a good mental yeah. state, but like, to I, I feel like that's not something that's there for you to read into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that if you want to think about like, okay, well, what led Wanda to being in this state? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but that's not really in the yeah. movie. That's something maybe you want to add on yeah. to it. There is, I know a lot of reviews I've seen when it comes to Wanda being evil. Is well, it makes sense because the dark hole. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say I'm gonna go with you on that. Fucking show me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the there's movie, not even a scene don't just... where like the dark hole is whispering to her or anything like that. I don't yeah. think there's anything like that. And so it, it it's just it's really just her. And here's the other thing too. This is why it really bothered me with when Kyle said that. The show addresses that. If you remember in the scene where at the whole, you know, what is grief without, if not love persevering, she mentions, it's like this wave keeps coming over me. And she's, it's basically, she's afraid that that wave is going to consume her or something. You know, it's going to take over, take over. You know, she says that in the show. And then at the end of the final episode, you know, she's saying goodbye to her kids. She goes to the living room, turns off the lights. 
she looks out the window and she sees the barrier coming towards her. There is a literal wave about to come over her and it's going to take away everything she loves. And she's facing it head on. Okay, so like she knows. So she's dealt with the wave. She knows how to deal with the wave. And so the fact that we go to Doctor Strange here and she wants to murder a child and she is slaughtering hundreds of people. No, that is horrible. That is that is the worst way you can handle a character to me. It's I hate it. And so now after the show, you know, I I, I mentioned it before. I didn't want I didn't want her to be a villain. But then after a while, I said, okay, if you're gonna make her a villain, build her up to an Avengers movie, and not a not a Thanos level threat. Make her like a Loki level threat. You know, make her the villain of the next Avengers movie. And have her be the way the team comes together. Because imagine Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and whoever the new Black Panther is. They don't know her. So they're going to go, we have to kill her. You know, it's prophesized that she's going to take over the world. But then you have Hawkeye, Falcon, and War Machine who know exactly what she's been through. <laughs> who, And especially Hawkeye who's like been trying to like push her Hawkeye to... Hawkeye and Pietro, like what the fuck? Who's been trying to push her to do good. And so that's how you get butting heads. And, and and so, like, you know, at one point they all have to come together and decide. Like, that sounds like House of M, basically. Like, literally, the, the comic. And that's, like, a way you could have made this, like, great. Like, a great story. Mm-hmm. But you don't. And, like, it feels like that's wasted in this, where it's, like... You feel like, is that it? And that was like really a letdown and disappointing. And then while you were touching on those things, you know, before WandaVision and, and, and this movie, she was on the Avengers mm-hmm. team. And yeah. Vision, and like, I'm, okay, are we like, was Vision the only one that gave a flying fuck about Wanda? Like, where is everybody else? Why don't they care? Mm-hmm. What happened to Clint? Like, would they not like care enough to like seek her out and help her? If she's going through all this bad shit? Hello? Yeah. Like, there's no way that Clint wouldn't go out and help her. Like, there's no way. <laughs> and then I would this this would have been a great way to bring in the new characters, like Kate Bishop, Miss Marvel. Um uh, I know there's supposed to be one other character and they you, sh- you see him in Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, but he doesn't become a hero or anything. But that'd be a good way to mm-hmm. introduce him. Like the Young Avengers. Yeah, introduce the Young Avengers. And then that's how they come together, is that they're the ones that go, hey. And aren't her kids part of the Young Avengers? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if they're going to do anything with that. Um, but that could have been a cool way to bring in the team together now. It's that they're the ones that go, hey, we grew up watching you guys. And, you know, you could probably have Doctor Strange going like, hey, if you guys want to be heroes, you know, this is something that you got to learn. Like, you got to make the tough decisions. And they're the ones that go, can we believe that she's still good? <laughs> can we believe that good will prevail mm-hmm. in her, uh, that the whole dark hold is taking over her, that good will prevail? And so that's how they come together and they try to, like, they fight Wanda a bit. But then at the end, they all, oh, my gosh, you could have had Hawkeye have her, you know. Try bring her back, but then you could have had Winter Soldier going like, "Hey, I get how your mind is fucked up because of this book, because of what happened to you, but I 
so was mine. <laughs> I could, I like I I can get through this. Like imagine um imagine her and Yelena having a conversation that she lost everything too. She lost five years, and I lost my sister. I saw the I saw the I lost the one person that uh, that actually cared about me. And it's just you know, and this would have ended the whole phase four arc that this is about grief or this is like about mental health, basically. It's so it's just such a waste of and it's again, it the story is House of M. Wanda is a big character in the comics. Why wouldn't you make her the villain of of an Avengers movie? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's like the more you think about it, like the multiverse of madness for all intents and purposes was marketed and sold as like, well, it's not just a Doctor Strange film. It's the multiverse of madness. So it's the next, it's the next big like MCU event movie, but on the level of an Avengers, like we even got some cameos in there that will tease you and a whole bunch of surprises. So I guess like, for a lot of people and how the film was sold like you could say that yeah this this was her being the villain of an avengers movie although not mm-hmm. really at all yeah i really don't mind her being being in this movie it's just you know they could have you know maybe she could have helped him get over christine or something and maybe you could have had like a moment and then maybe her wanda and uh Chavez, they could have had like a little friendship going on. You know, it's not her daughter, but she would like to see her as one, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm saying, I'm make this in my mind, she's not the villain. They're just it's Doctor Strange and Wanda going on this adventure or something, you know. And then at the, and then and then after credit scene, you see that oh, she just wanted to be with Doctor Strange because she wanted to get a specific spell. That could have been an after credit scene, and then that's how you build her up to Avengers movie. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I just like by the end of the her last scene where she's like crying about her kids and everything, and she saves the day. I just couldn't care anymore at that Same. point. And, <laughs> like he knew what's gonna what was gonna happen. Obviously, they weren't going to like kill her killer at the end of this movie. And you knew somehow Chavez was gonna get control of her power. Which, by the way, just saying, hey, you could do this. It doesn't help much. <laughs> I'll forgive it because I like hokey shit like I that. I do too. It's just... <laughs> and also, that's the only thing that can feel anything for that character. So, I mean, on top of that, because, like, America Chavez just feels like a waste. And so, mm-hmm. I don't and know. She, she's so cool. And they don't do anything with her. And I, I even heard somebody say... Oh, they brought Wanda because they needed her to go through, like, the multiverse. Huh? What? You you do know Doctor Strange is a sorcerer, right? Even if he didn't have America, he probably could have done it himself, and he didn't need Wanda. You, didn't, you don't need Wanda in this movie. I mean, he did cast a spell in the last one that brought other people from other <laughs> multiverses, didn't he? Make it make sense. I, yeah, I. Mm. Okay. Um, what else, guys, for this movie? Um, 
I think that's it. <laughs> oh, we forgot the cameo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Illuminati thing. It was funny. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh it was such brutal deaths and i loved the fight it was it was hilarious <laughs> what fight the that first the death fight? i just remember everybody going Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh i saw a picture it was fucking hilarious it was um it's in the movie uh Mr. Fantastic goes, and Wanda, don't do anything stupid. Like, you know, Black Bolt here, he can kill you with just one word <laughs> and everything. She's in it and all that. But in the picture, though, they did it differently where they go, Wanda, Black Bolt can tell you where your kids are. Go ahead, Black Bolt, tell her. <laughs> it's just. Oh my God. And then, and then, and then this is the credits in the next picture. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which actually. Well, you think about it, it was kind of dumb to tell her, like, how his power works, and then that's how she, like, figured out how to kill him. There was some, uh, I did say, uh, they were saying the reason why he did tell her was because that body wasn't the the bad Wanda, that was, like, an innocent woman that she hijacked, an innocent version of Wanda. Because she was, like, dreamwalking. Yes. I don't think yeah. Some people were saying care. that they wouldn't Chances are they were willing to kill their Wanda. So oh, yeah. yeah. The other Wanda. The only one that was like, oh, you know, maybe we're doing something bad was Professor Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> of course it would be him. And then yeah, but even he looked very questionable. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my gosh, I love the fact that they gave him the waves when he started using his power. No, yeah, that was cool. Was that in the X Men movie? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was. Cool. What about the, how do you feel about that chair? It seemed a bit ridiculous. The chair was so ugly. I know. I don't like the chair. I, I actually prefer the one. In, what is it? X Men. Days of Future Yeah, Christ. where it's just like you see that his whole good. body and like you see. Well, that one's actually hovering. Yeah, that one's actually hovering, too. The other one yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. A, it was a cart. <laughs> <laughs> that was... It looks like one of those beds, like those kids. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I mean, I know we're, the freaking theme song was... <laughs> oh, my God. I love the X-Men. And, mm-hmm. like, I was excited to see Professor X, but we knew that he was going to be in it. And so everybody yelled at that part, but when the music came on, I was like, because <gasps> it played like a few seconds afterwards, and that's mm-hmm. when I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I did cheer for John Krasinski. Krasinski. Oh, yeah. I did cheer for that. I mean, it's just, it's a cool fan cast, and it's, it's it was fun. But I hate that it was here. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Because I, I, cause I also, I love Fantastic Four, <laughs> and I hate that this is where we first see them. <laughs> Well, you see him uh, turn into spaghetti. Yeah. His head just like... I will never forgive Marvel for not bringing them in or waiting to do Civil War without Fantastic Four. <laughs> well, they didn't have the rights back then, so... That's what I'm saying. Oh, they could have waited. Okay. I guess. <laughs> well, wasn't there a Civil War Part Two? They can adapt? Yeah, and they got the right character for it. It's supposed to be Captain Marvel. That's like the villain. I guess. It's not the same. It's just a reminder of how underdeveloped I mean, what is Captain Marvel to these people in this cinematic universe? We don't even know Captain no. Marvel. And she had her own <laughs> what movie. What is she to us? <laughs> like, how does she interact with the rest? We only saw one moment where she interacted with Hulk. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to buy this a whole show where, like, a character Miss Marvel, like, loves Carol Danvers where I don't Why? even love her. Yeah. She was gone for, like, 
How long? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since the nineties? Did I miss something like in this MCU? Is that they're like a a reality show and the people got to know them or like what mm-hmm. happened? Yeah. I don't know. <coughs> yeah, there is all that. I guess I don't know. It goes to the cameos and Black Bolt being in the, involved there. It's like, well, though, how can I read it? Well, we're in 2022, and uh, thanks to Kevin Feige, the disaster that was the Inhumans TV show now has like some kind of like movie cred, like representation in the MCU movies, and Agents of Shield still doesn't. So I feel like I can't let this review go without like acknowledging that because, but then if, if they were to have been brought in, they would have been killed by Wanda. So I don't know. I would have liked that either. So it's like, I guess dodged a bullet mm-hmm. there. Cause I wouldn't, that would have felt like an insult. Cause I feel like in some ways Black Bolt being the first one and, and then him <laughs> dying that way was like, <laughs> I mean, that felt personal on Kevin Feige's part a little mm. bit. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I don't know, like, what to make of all of that. It's, it is what it is, I suppose. But, like, I don't know. When I walked out of this movie the first time, I was just so, like, man, Marvel really pissed me off with so many little things that were just so annoying here. Like, you know, Kevin Carter saying I can do this all day. <laughs> Cringe. Fuck me. Uh, that post-credit scene where Charlize Theron shows the fuck out of nowhere and like, Here, I have no idea th- what here's was going my tease on. for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Let's go. I literally had no idea what was going on. I did like the second end credit scene though. <laughs> oh yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I didn't see that one yet. You really missed out. But I, I know, but I was mad. <laughs> I just like, you know what? I know it was... I, I know what it is, and I heard it was funny. I know you guys liked it, and most people didn't like it because it was a joke. I heard joke, and like, you know what? This whole thing has been a joke <laughs> to me. I don't need to stay here more for this. So I, I just, I walked out and I waited in the car. I refused <laughs> to waste any more of my time sitting there because I was just so annoyed with mm-hmm. all of it. <sighs> so it's like. But I do love the visual stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do love the music. The the part where he's like explaining the the walking or whatever the fuck. Oh my god. It's so good. The ho- love... the horror stuff yeah. like where Wanda's chasing them. I mean, I was like, "Oh crap." I did jump yeah. once and it was with those monsters in that temple thing. When they first showed up, I actually oh, jumped. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a mm-hmm. good one. Yeah. They were hidden in there really yeah. well. Like, it came out at the last minute. I love the idea of like um, Strange overcoming the ghosts and then wearing them as like this big cape and then shooting over to like take down mm. Wanda. God, like, see that's stuff that's so like visually awesome, and that's stuff like that used to be in like every superhero movie, and that's the stuff that used to be the saving graces of like superhero mm-hmm. films. Now there's none of it. And while I agree that character is more important, I would have loved this film, even <laughs> even with the Wanda like bullshit 
if I loved the, the the Doctor Strange character, or if this movie made me care about him, I think I would have overcome that. I didn't, and subsequently, I don't care about anybody in this movie. And when I can't care about any of your leads, I can't care about your movie. Mm-hmm. That being said, think about this. I put this at number 15 on my MCU movies list, and it's high for being 15. But the only reason it's on 15 was because of the craft, was because of the visual spectacle that mm-hmm. it is. And it really goes to show you how little I care for so many of the MCU films at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, in some ways, like, in some ways, this was my least favorite Marvel. <clears throat> in some mm-hmm. ways. But then I think about, like, how bad, like, Black Widow, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Thor, you know, it's, it goes on and on. And it's like, well, at least it's bad in an interesting way. <laughs> and, like, the characterization for me is, like, completely non-existent. Yeah, me too. And the one that's given to Wanda, first of all, isn't. But if it, the role that she's given is just... Yeah. I. It's everything I didn't want with this movie. For her. Yeah, like not even for because honestly, I don't care about Doctor Strange. I only watch the movie because of Wanda. I'm, I'm <laughs> not even gonna lie, and there was nothing there. <laughs> I like Doctor Strange. I actually really liked the first one. And so this is just kind of disappointing that it was all for multiverse setup. Wanda does kind of take over the movie a lot, and what they give with to Strange. It's, it wasn't enough. There was too much going on with him. They needed to shorten it. Honestly, it would have been fine if they were taking out, taking out Christine or I just at least say, no, it's no longer a love story. They're just going to be friends. <laughs> yeah. I think we're done here. <laughs> I think we reached the point where it's like, well, yeah, there's the disappointment. I hope you enjoyed it or not. Anyway, thank you, Alexis, and thank you, David, for being here. Um, stay tuned on our podcast the next few weeks and how we juggle all the stuff that's coming out. And it's quite a bit of it, as it usually is now in the summer season. So we've got Obi-Wan. We've got Stranger Things. We've got Miss Marvel. We've got, uh, I guess, Top Gun Maverick. Men, the new film by Alex Garland. And then uh, Jurassic World. I'm so excited for that one. For men? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see it this weekend. This week. So. Yay, there's a lot of stuff that's that's coming out and then also crushing us at the same time. <laughs> so, there is that. You can stay here under our spotlight for all the stuff and the stories coming out of the world of movies and more. And until next time, we will see you. Bye. Bye.